When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a Level Up podcast, an esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, an esports and gaming writer for Reach PLC. I'm joined by Marcus Banks of the Manchester Evening News. How are you doing, Marcus? I'm very well, and you? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Um, I'm really looking forward to the podcast. We've got a uh, really kind of uh, important member in the FIFA community today, uh, Foot Donk. Uh, he specializes in uh, trading on Ultimate Team. Um, so for people who don't know, um, Basically, within the Ultimate Team game mode, there's a transfer market and there's different cards listed on there for all kinds of different prices. Some cards are worth more than others. You've got special cards, you've got non-special cards. It's very complicated, but uh, hopefully uh, this podcast will give you an overview. Of- if you're looking to jump into it, obviously it's not as simple as selling a card for money. There's obviously a 5% tax on every sale, but obviously Foot Donk is, this is what he does. He specializes in making coins from simply selling players without having to spend any of your real life money so hopefully he can give you an insight into into any methods that could work for you and his thoughts on the way the market is in fifa 20 and going forward so yeah that's right i mean he doesn't even play the game actively he's i mean that that just shows how big a part of the game trading is he doesn't actually play the game he just focuses on making coins, selling the right players at the right time. So it's really interesting because I don't know about you, Marcus, but I've never really got into trading massively. I've always been just doing the gameplay and stuff, but it'd be really interesting to see what he's got to say. Yeah, it's definitely something I'd I'd love to say that I could do and have done, but it's just, it's not, it's not something I'd, I've tried, but hopefully after listening to Foot Donk, we can, we can see if any methods can be used going forward. Yeah, well, I'd love to have a million coins, put it that way. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a million coins before, but uh, yeah, hopefully after this show, I'll um, I'll be able to pick up some tips and uh, hopefully we'll be able to earn some coins, grind grind our way to it. But here's Foot Donk, the Foot Trader. I hope you enjoy the episode, and as always, subscribe to our channel and write us if you can. Today we're joined by Foot Trader Foot Donk. Uh, how you doing, mate? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, really good, thank you. Uh, first off, like, how are you in general in terms of the, the situation? How have you been coping with it? It's not been too bad. Um, obviously, I'm quite blessed to have this as my actual job. So nothing's massively changed, but not being able to see, like, family and things like that i think that's that's the worst part of yeah. it for me you've been doing kind of the trading for best part of seven years now i think just off your twitter description and you've built up a massive following in like just under two years really on twitter seventy thousand followers congrats on that by the way thank you uh, <laughs> uh what got you into trading in the first place what was it that made you go into that space um 
my brother actually weirdly enough my younger brother at that um we used to play fifa all the time i didn't actually have internet until i was like 10 or 11 so i would always just play fifa with him on the same console not even dial up or anything no, no I had nothing. <laughs> it's crazy i know it sounds stupid but i just never did i never really thought anything of it until i had it and i was like oh my god what have i been missing um <laughs> so yeah i played a lot with him and then we started ultimate team together like we would have the same one and build it together and things like that uh, i spent quite a bit of uh whatever my allowance was on FIFA points for a few years until I realized that it's just rigged. Isn't it really like the chances of you getting someone good is poor. <laughs> so Low percentage, yeah. And back in those days, there was nothing else other than the market. You couldn't get weekly rewards or division rewards or anything like that. You had to grind out like single player modes basically or like online friendlies for a few hundred coins so it wasn't really possible for you to do so so you basically it forced me to find out how to make coins without spending a ridiculous amount of money on packs um and so i actually watched youtube videos of i don't even think they still do it anymore i can't remember what they're called but there was uh, two guys on YouTube who were just doing basic like sniping filters and market uh, watches and things like that. When trading was not even really a thing on FIFA, it was yeah, it's nowhere near as mainstream as it was now. But that's how I picked it up. And then over the years, it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger as FIFA gets bigger and Ultimate Team grows. But yeah, that's, it's just the first like four or five years riddles were, with mistakes, basically. It was, you think you'd know something, you try it and you lose like two million coins. But that's how you, <laughs> that's how you get to a point where you're confident in any move that you make. Was it a specific like trade or like a, like a certain play you were trading with that you thought like, okay, this is really working. So this could be like a viable long-term strategy to make coins or was it just like you say a lot of trial and error a lot of trial and error it took me a long time although it sounds obvious to basically stick with the premier league um because you think players like the great barcelona players of that time of like 2010-11 they would be heavily in demand but they just premier league is king and it has been the entire time of FIFA obviously because it's the biggest league in the world most watched most popular that's who people want um I can actually remember buying a lot of Wayne Rooney's at one point when he got an inform and he went out of packs and he just flew um and since then that's kind of a a thing that I, I try and stick to is Premier League is king do you think over the last few years we've seen like a, a real increase in people wanting to get into trading and making coins that way rather than buying packs because it's FIFA's become, especially the ultimate team mode, has become such like a pay-to-win 
mode really in terms of teams so you find it's become a lot more popular in recent years a hundred percent and um really um it hasn't really been brought mainstream until fifa 17 i'd maybe say um i actually i don't know if you know holy spirit on twitter he's not so active anymore but he's a real like og trader um he was on reddit i think he hit one billion coins on fifa 15 wow yeah (laughs) but that was like a very small thread on reddit and that's kind of where trading existed um but until fifa 17 and i think personally run the foot market is the sole reason why trading is now so sought after and mainstream because he basically brought it into like streaming and and twitter and things like that made people realize like you don't have to spend fifa points to get the best teams or play a three thousand games a year or anything like that do you think it's perhaps for some people i'm just speaking from personal experience here that have never really dabbled in trading i don't know i prefer to just play the game but do you think it's something that a lot of people could look to as think, thinking that it's potentially easier than it actually is? And then when they when they try it and get stung, they maybe don't go back to it because they think, oh, it didn't work once and they're not willing to give it another go and make yeah. it lost and then long-term make it profit. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, there's... <clears throat> Coming back from losses is, is hard. And if you get so unlucky that you say you put all your coins you've watched loads of videos you think you know what's going to happen you put all your coins it's your first move and you lose half your coins it's going to put you off isn't it it's, it when um you see like profit threads and flexes and things like that it makes it sound so simple but often the things that happen aren't actually that simple and ea do dictate a lot of content trading variables so spc fodder um things like that that go up and down depending on ea content it can it can destroy your trades even if logically those trades should work ea brings something out it kills all your investments or flips or whatever but it can definitely um demotivate for sure that's another thing I was also wanting to ask us about the way you spoke about like it's becoming a bit mainstream for FIFA 17, but obviously the game is continuing to involve it year on year with obviously SBCs and then like new there's a new type of SBC, there's new cards. How difficult is that for you to then maybe use the trade the methods you've you've used in the past to then replicate that on the new FIFA and to find new methods and ways of maybe manipulating those to in your advantage, to in your favour even. It kind of varies, really. I personally prefer to um, do a trading method called flipping, which is buying and selling within a few hours of a certain card, tracking low fluctuations and selling at the high. Um, That kind of works through all FIFAs no matter what. The only thing that really changes is now that we get more content, if you go past 6 p.m. and a content drop and say 
for example, I've just bought um, a really meta left back um, that I'm trying to flip. He's really low. 6 p.m. comes and EA release a really good value left back SBC from the same league as the card that I have. And very likely the card that I've now got crashes. So over the time, basically, you just try and avoid having cards over 6 p.m. or you would class that as sort of medium risk just because over the years we have got more content for sure and this year more than any i've seen the market is extremely unstable possibly because of what we spoke of how it's becoming mainstream people are trying it prices are getting somewhat inflated um just we call them timmies but (laughs) it's just um newer traders basically trying to try new things out which can hurt your flips at the end of the day do you think he's changed since uh foot economist joined ea last last summer because <laughs> we've seen more content haven't we not necessarily good content but we've seen a lot of content over the ca- kind of past 12 months or so has that had a big impact on kind of trading it has yeah um it's, it's hard with uh foot economist he was a good friend of mine before he joined um, EA. We haven't really spoken much. He doesn't really talk much on Twitter anyway. But he's got NDAs and stuff probably, uh, hasn't it, he? Yeah, it's, you kind of understand that sort of thing. But um, <laughs> I don't know if it's superstition or it is actually true, but he appears to... Well, he knew the market and traders do think that he is basically ruining the game for some traders because he knows exactly what they're going to do. So he will try and ruin that for them, basically. I don't think that's a main intention, but EA's main intention is to basically make you lose coins so you'll spend more FIFA points. That is the end goal. That's what SBCs are for. They drain your coins. You have no coins. You can't buy these new pretty cards and packs. You put FIFA points on. Is there any, another just going back to the SBCs and like trading methods, just again, I'm quite, I'm not really in tune with any trading methods, but I've seen there's obviously cards and SBCs that are leaked on Reddit. Does that ever factor into to your trading methods if like you're pretty certain that there's gonna be a certain SBC released at six PM? Is there any is there any way you look to manipulate that into again working in your favour if you know there's a certain card that's gonna be released on that content drop? You can. Yeah. Leaks are um controversial. I'd say. <laughs> um, it was a lot, wasn't it, at the start of FIFA 20? I saw a lot more than I had in previous years at the start yeah, of FIFA 20. It's The problem is EA are branching out, making FIFA more mainstream into different platforms, which means the images and information gets passed through many, many more people. More people. Um, and you can definitely see that because this year we've had more leaks than any previous year. Um, most previous years you wouldn't know about SBCs, but this year I can tell you 
I've known about pretty much every single one of them. So, um, yeah, you can invest essentially, but without knowing requirements, it's kind of difficult. You've got to get your best shot at guessing what EEA would rate this SPC, basically. What do you make of the highly controversial decision with the Icon SBCs and being able to grind towards... That's, that's exactly what I was going to... I was going to talk about the Icon swaps in the way that's obviously another new addition, isn't it? So. Yeah, because that was a massive change. Obviously, we saw that, didn't we, at the end of FIFA 19, that they released yeah. a thread to say that Icons were too expensive for what they thought they would be, so they changed the way that Icons were released and the way ISBCs were done what did you make of that decision at the time and as your as your mind changed since then um I hated it I'm not gonna lie I, I still do <laughs> <laughs> that is the single biggest mistake that EA have done and I know I know exactly why they've done it to me their excuse was they didn't want to require icons that is why they didn't release the icon SBCs this year that was their main point they don't want cheap icons that are not worth high prices being inflated because they are needed by SBCs um they were trying to move away from that so now you know all the really bad icons are worth basically nothing because that is their market value and how they should be but at the same time they, they did it because it allowed people to grind for the best players in the game without having to spend money, basically. Icon SPCs were not hard to do. Most people had insane teams last year around about this time. Yeah. Because you get these high-rated Team of the Season cards that are worth nothing. So it makes Icon SPCs cheap. So they basically ripped that out and went, Okay, you know, Timmy's, uh, he's got R9 on his team and that's not how it should be unless he spends £2,000. So we'll take that away and put Icon swaps in. Do you not think, is that, is that view from a purely trade? I'm just giving my view because, like, uh, like I say, I'm not really much of a trader, but I do, I, I play a lot of the game, like, more than anything. Obviously, I just favour playing the game. And I, a lot of my friends and myself, I was quite pleased to see the icon swaps come in. And obviously, I know you make a very valid point about the team of the season players, but necessarily, maybe at the start of the game, maybe with icon swaps one, you're not really going to get that chance to grind to an icon so early in the game and have an icon that can be in your team from that point because maybe the cards aren't as readily available. Whereas now, like, like I say, like you mentioned, they are. So... I don't know, I'm just wondering whether, do you think it's a, because personally, I think, I, I see the point about the SBCs, but I also do think the icon swaps have been a good addition, and I don't know, I don't, I, maybe, th is it possible that they could both, use both swaps and SBCs in the future, for those players, like like you say, the high rate of players like R9 is not achievable to anyone, swaps or no swaps, like it was only achievable through maybe SBCs, maybe it's something could, implement both ways absolutely they could both live in the same world there's no reason why they couldn't have done that i'd like the idea i don't like the execution i kind of um 
the grinds that you have to put in for what you get kind of doesn't really add up to me personally. Um, I know icons are good, but there are there was questionable choices, especially for Icon Swaps 3. You look at the top players, and are they really top players? Yeah, definitely agree the, on that point. This is the last one of FIFA we don't get anymore. Like, FIFA is a yearly cycle. So I 100% agree that you shouldn't be able to obtain the big cards straight away or easily. But I also believe that you should be able to, at some point, use those big cards in the game because it's a yearly cycle. Yeah, 100%. It's not a lifetime game. In September, this game's gone. Yeah. And most people will never even seen a Ronaldo moments on the market, let alone in their team. (laughs) No, yeah. I I really think that they could do both. I like Yeah, 100%. It's a good idea. And I was hyped until you know, they announced no icon SBCs and then you realise the player selection was a little bit iffy. Could they have done more? I think so. The, has the swaps affected the way, not maybe yourself, but I know just from the few trading videos I've watched that you, you talk about flipping. I've noticed a lot of people using icon flipping methods this year. Is that something that's being helped or hindered by the icon swaps and no SBCs? No SBCs, yes, only in terms of um, inflation. So um, your big icons are... Ronaldo's been extinct since he's been out, basically. You have to pay a listing on eBay for someone to list the card so you can buy it. That's how that's how bad it's got. <laughs> like, uh, Cruyff, for example, is three or four times more expensive than his SBC last year and he's on the market but that's because you can't get him so yeah it's tough I wouldn't say it's affected flipping other than when they release them sometimes there's a bit of panic because they see that their cards are in Nikon swaps so they'll panic sell and then they usually rebound pretty fast because you don't get those icons straight away, if you know what I mean. There's there's a bit of grind to that. It takes a few weeks before anyone even gets their hands on these icons. I wouldn't say it's affected it in any way, other than making them more expensive. So if, if EA, just let's play devil's advocate for a minute, say if EA gave you a call next month and said, we want to bring you on board to sort out the market to you're you're in charge of SBCs. You're in charge of icons. You're in charge of how they get given to the community. Essentially, what what things would you kind of would you do anything differently to what they've done? Yes, but I'm very much aware that although I know what the community wants, sometimes you can't always have that. You can't always give really good value SBCs. You. Um, I don't know if you remember the Fardy player of the month that came out and was like 25k to do. That yeah. was amazing yeah. for the community, but at the same time, they completely messed the market. Every single Premier League striker dropped and it crashed. 
and I'm not sure that's always the right thing to do. There's a lot that can be changed. I think the main problem the community has is the maybe the vary of variants of players that EA choose. They always kind of choose the same pool of players and don't really do as much as the potential says they could. I'm sure there's reasons why they don't, maybe to do with the market. They love talking about the market as this living organism that can't be, you know, tampered with and has to be protected. And yeah, there's, there's a lot I would change. But again, I'm not. At EA, I don't know the ins and outs of why they do and don't do things, and I'm sure they're restricted. Do you think that's the kind you of mentioned... sorry, go on, Marcus? I was going to say you mentioned the the Vardy price price crash and the and the uh, the effect it had on strikers. Just speaking from like my personal like view of playing the game, I've noticed this year more than most the prices have just seemed low in general. Like just for example, looking at Pogba's price graph from last year to this year. At the start of March on Xbox, he was 250k last year, and this year he was around 70k, which is obviously a big drop from a year on year, which seems to be a common theme throughout the game. I was just wondering whether you had any thoughts on, you know, what the reason for that is, or is that just is was that natural to happen? It's going to be down to how many cards are in the game, basically. Um, I'd say Pogba probably isn't as meta as he was last year but going away from that we've had way more specials this year than last year we've had more SBCs and that can really damage some certain prices and we've had supply like no other obviously FIFA point sales grow each year more supply on the golds especially bring their prices right down. Um, but EA have done really, really well at removing coins via SBCs this year. They've drained coins like no other. If you see some people's teams on Twitter, you understand why they aren't buying certain cards because they've done an SBC 300k two months ago and they're too stubborn to go well, I've paid that for much for him. I can't just get rid of him. So they'll keep him, basically. And that's a lock in the certain cards. But yeah, there's a loads of different things. So SBCs, even icon swaps has had an effect. Just to put, sorry, mate. Just to put no, your you comment can. in perspective about how you said special cards. I've just had a quick look. And um, Messi's got 11 special cards. You can buy exactly. he's got about 11 or 12. Too. Yeah, and at one point, Abamyang had four cards of the same writing, and they were all yeah. special. Um, <laughs> and what you were just saying to me about um, keeping hold of cards, I think I bought Messi a couple of months ago for 450,000 coins, and he's now worth under 300,000. So there's no, there's no point in me selling him because it's, it's not going to be worth it, it to do it. I might as well just keep him. Yeah, I bought Moments Thierry Henry, I think it was last week or the week before, for 2.8 mil on Xbox, and in five days he was under 2 mil, 800k loss off the rip in about yeah. five days, and it's just, I know the market evens out and stuff like that, but for someone who maybe doesn't understand the way like 
it's not always the case of like if one player goes down the others do too so your coins equate to the same value but just like you say for some people taking that 800k loss to sell a player you just think well why do i really want to do it because i don't want to lose that amount of coins i'd rather just keep them and like you say keep the coins in the game rather than ea draining them exactly and during the team this season most prices come down anyway because people can only have 11 cards in their team so as the pool of meta higher rated cards get injected in the game it's going to bring down some of the others because there's more cards to pick from if you get what i mean they're um yeah you, you notice that with team of the season anyway but a lot of it is untradeables i think people not wanting to switch around and something you'll notice during team of the season is every thursday you'll probably see a dip in any league that's not the one active or the one coming so this thursday you'll see a dip probably in a lot of premier league la liga cards because people throughout the week are opening those upgrade packs packing these bundesliga players and then getting more red picks on the thursday obviously you're going to link your new untradeable team with bundesliga cards not premier league and la liga so last week you saw um for example was it was the la liga in the packs uh virgil van dyke's team of the week 91 i think it was uh dropped 100k in a day because people were switching from the premier league last week to the Liga because they had all these untradeable cards and they were like, well, I may as well put these into a team. Yeah, I um, I kind of knew that this podcast was going to happen at some point. So normally what happens is on a Thursday when I get my rewards, I normally build my team. Yeah. But I actually <laughs> thought to myself last Thursday with, with the La Liga rewards came out, I thought to myself, I'm just going to wait because I, I had about... I was going to buy PK team of the season PK from the community team of the season, and he was two sixty, and um, that would have left me in the lurch a little bit with the amount of coins that I had left. So I thought, you know what, I'm not going to play this weekend league because I've I've not got really any cards that can fit into my team for the Bundesliga anyway. So I thought I'm just going to wait and see how PK develops, and he's not he he was at two hundred k I think yesterday, and he's now at two ten. So does that just prove that a lot of people on a Thursday with their rewards, they get excited, they get their rewards, they sell all the cards that they get, and then they look to buy the team that they want, and then you see prices rise on a Thursday? Yeah, that's that's basically it. Throughout the year, it's not so league-defined, it's very meta-defined. So it does kind of change, but always team-building on Thursdays is massive, and that's what we call Thursday flips, basically. Yeah, because all the streamers do it as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. And there's nothing you can do about it because you pack a red card that's now super usable. You're not going to not buy cards for that player to go in your team. So it's only logical that cards with the links rise, basically. There is a coin injection no matter what you pack anyway because obviously you get packs and people would pick coins but 
that's something that you didn't have in the early years as well. It's kind of made trading easier, I would say, because you know on a Thursday and Friday, prices in general are higher. So if you buy in that sell-off on the sort of Sunday, Monday time, more than often you're buying when people are selling and you're selling when people are buying. It's, it's very simple and that's quite easy to pick up even for newer traders that's is there a specific method that you would you would recommend obviously for somebody who's not traded i know there's not a one size fits all and it's probably best to develop your own you know way of trading but is there, is there a method that you think would stick out for someone who's trying to get into trading that you'd say start with this and maybe work on some other things it it depends i've personally believe on patience if you can be patient you can go the sbc fodder route which is buying those low value high rated cards knowing their sort of low prices and higher prices is quite easy you simply as soon as there's not sbc's demanding cards the value drops you would invest then and then it's about patience. Some people hate waiting. So it's not always for some, you yeah, could that's be me. waiting a week. That's me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I personally don't like to sit on cards for two weeks because I like to engage and do something. But if you go unassigned, you've got to be patient. But at the same time, you invest in a, team of the week sbc fodder for 12k three days later you might get lucky ea release a new sbc everybody wants to do it it requires informs same league that you got your card doubles triples and you just instantly tripled your coins without any real effort or even knowledge really you can do a lot of the discard investing within zero knowledge at all every thursday we get rare gold demand from the league upgrade sbcs that they release for team of the season um, rare golds go from 800 to like 1.2 1.3k that's almost doubling your coins that's zero risk it's, that's where people should start looking personally if you if you have no idea, that's the easiest things. That's your bread and butter, basically, of trading. And then you can move into the special flipping and tracking cards. And it takes time. It takes time, more time than people think. They think it's simple. And then you try and do it. And he's like, okay, this is going to take a lot of time. I think over the last kind of two years of, I've got a lot more kind of um, aware of what's going on in terms of what's coming out in terms of SBCs and obviously content and stuff. Cause I remember, you know, like for 18, for example, you'd get like your rewards come through or you'd get like a pack or whatever. And you'd look on Footbin for the price of the players and you'd go through like one's worth a thousand, what the other one's worth a thousand. And you'd go to like list them all for a thousand and you'd go into one and it'd be worth like 5k. And you'd be like, why is that one 5k for? randomly but obviously this is because there's a demand there's an sbc out for that particular league or whatever so i think over the last few years 
especially like working with websites like Footbin to look at kind of player prices and stuff. It's it's quite easy, isn't it, to just look at how much a player's worth and then see why why that player's worth that much. There's normally obvious reasons as to why a player's inflated. Yeah, and definitely Footbin is uh, it's a godsend for ninety nine percent of traders. I'd say most traders will use it. Um, if Footbin wasn't a thing, I don't think trading would be mainstream. I really think it has that big of an advantage to traders that most probably wouldn't even do it because if without that you have to do the tracking yourself. Footbin, so shout out to Footbin. <laughs> didn't didn't Foothead used to have play, uh, player prices though? Why did they Why did they take them off? Do you know? I think they did. I think you're right. Um, in the very early days, I think I remember that. Because I remember I used to use both websites. I'm, I'm getting yeah. like a vision of it, and then I think it was just just Footbin was just more. Well, just personally, it just seemed way more up to date and like just more in depth, really. Whereas Footer, though, it always seemed a bit more focused on other things rather than having the most up to date prices. Which maybe just let Footbin come in and steal that market. And yeah, EA used Footwiz and Foothead in when promotions come out and to do like the community team season voting etc i think that's i think that's why they're not in there anymore <laughs> if i'm being honest i think foothead um very much probably just bowed down to whatever ea wanted um that's why they don't like footbin because footbin use bots in the market to grab prices that's how it works basically um which is not accepted by EA because sometimes the bots can get banned and that's why you see cards not get updated for four to five hours about prices and things like that. Um, so that's probably a reason why Foothead don't do that because they are very heavily tied to EA, as you can see from Team of the Year promotions and things like that. Well, the voting's always there, isn't it? Yeah, what, what do you make of... Um... I've seen a lot of reports on Reddit particularly about team of the year cards, first owner being listed on the market. Do you think, what's what's your view on that? Like why would someone pack a Kevin De Bruyne team of the year, for example, at the start of the year and then not use them at all? <laughs> it's... I, or do people do that? Do people do that? I don't know. Which... It's it's hard because you don't want to be you don't want to fall into this uh, you know like tinfoil skeptical about EA adding cards and are they controlling the market, manipulating the market, things like that. But then you see things like that and you're like, well, it's weird. Why? And they, there is multiple cases as well. I've seen more first owner team of the years in the last four weeks than I have for the last six months. So, or five months, however long team of the year was. It was five months ago, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there is a part where you think, are they adding cards? But you can't prove it. It's 
you know, it's like flat earth things and then you start sounding <laughs> a bit yeah. sceptical if you start talking about that. Yeah. Well, but, while we're on this subject then, um, what do you make of the gameplay? I don't play it. So. You don't play it at all? But that's that, was, my... that was something I wanted to ask. Is, is Are you fully now just trading only? I know, I know there's some people that are and there's some people that will do a bit of both, but... And is that because of the gameplay, or is that just your personal choice? Even if the gameplay was perfect, you wouldn't play it? Oh, no, I'd play it. I'd, I 100% would play it. Um, FIFA 20 is... It was promising, and then I played it. I played that first week in league, and I was like, I can't do it. I just... <laughs> I don't want Even to play Even that early anymore. on? That early on? That, oh, that early on. And I praised the game as well. I really, really enjoyed it, especially in the beta. And I was like, this is this is a huge step. I don't know if it was because no one was on the servers or, you know... No, I tend to agree. The servers the, so heavily. The beta in the first... I don't know if it was the first week or first two weeks was one of... Honestly, one of the the best FIFAs I've played in yeah. terms of the way the game flowed and it was the way so good. everything just seemed quick. The sh- everything, I mean, obviously there was a few issues at the iron out, and but it just it felt like FIFA again for me personally. And then there was just I don't remember what time it was. I think it might have been before. I don't think I played the first week. I think I might have played the second one. But there was a patch where it just seemed to slow everything yeah. down and not cater to. In in the early stage of the patch, it felt like the highest skilled player would always win, and then it, it seemed to be. I saw a lot of people speculating that that's not the way EA really wanted to be. They wanted to be the whole you might win a game even if you're not the best player. And I did notice that in one one patch, it just seemed to just cater to that maybe more casual market when everything got slowed down and that the old FIFA thing started happening again. Just just to build on that, I mean, I was lucky enough to be at the FIFA E World Cup in 2019 in August, and uh, they had an event build, as I called it, um, FIFA 20 setup for fans to play on. Um, I had a go on it, and it was like you, like you both said, it was amazing to play. I mean, the the passing felt really predictable, the finishing felt predictable, um, pace was back, it was a thing. Um, I mean, I think Man City were on the event build and Raheem Sterling would just run away from a defender and had no chance. Um, but then with every patch, it's just got slightly that bit more groggy and all of a sudden defenders are catching up and it's just, yeah, I echo you, your, both your thoughts anyway. Just wanted to add to it. Yeah, that's... Is, is the gameplay? I'll I'll never shut up. <laughs> is it for you? Is it for you a certain type of, you know, where there's somebody like, like I say, I don't trade at all, but like if I get a good finish on weekend league, that that's my like um, achievement, so to speak. Is there a certain certain like win for you, like a certain amount of profit or a certain trade or a certain uh, like a new trade that works? That for you, that that's your like sense of achievement, given that you don't play the game, like a win, so to speak. No, not really, because uh, <laughs> I don't really play FIFA 20 at all. I don't. I'm not actively trading this year. Uh, I don't. I assume you both probably know that. But um, after the sort of first week, I made an announcement that um, I basically wasn't going to be actively trading or playing FIFA 20. 
but of course I run a Patreon for trading and um, content creation. So I'm always still on the game, but actively doing things isn't actually what I do. I just, you know, I will still learn and, and teach and things like that. So I have to be on the game, but myself personally, I am completely detached from FIFA 20. Um, and it is the gameplay because last year I played close to 2000 games this year myself. I've only played like 300 maybe. Would you rather play the, the FIFA 19 with the like first time finesse shots and La Croqueta and back post headers? And would you rather play that than FIFA 20? Yep. hundred percent. I, I absolutely hated some of that in FIFA 19, but, and that's why we were so hyped because we, we thought well, we can't get any worse, can it? And it has clearly. And I know that because despite the flaws in FIFA 19, I had fun and I remember it, feeling a lot faster more fluid although there was a lot more of this crossing bicycle kick long shots first time finesse there was a load of things wrong with it i had fun still and that's kind of why i didn't play fifa 20 because i was playing it and i was like i, I don't enjoy this so i'm not going to force myself to play it i've played fifa since 2003 consecutively every year um i thought this is if if i'm going to take a break this is the year so i did and to be honest it's been good because i've then put the time straight into content creation and and my patreon and things like that and just relaxing still being in the community but not actually playing FIFA. So you're gonna reevaluate your are you gonna give the game another chance then when the new and the new game comes out and then see how it feels how you feel then and maybe take the same decision or is it just purely based on is it gonna be based on the gameplay and how that feels again? No, I think I will be back for FIFA twenty one regardless. Um exclusive. Yeah <laughs> I'm coming back. Um I I could have probably stuck with FIFA 20 and dealt with it, but I just didn't want to. I will for FIFA 21 regardless of, of I, it can't be worse, can it? But we said that last year, so we'll see. But it's next gen as well, so there's always that. I think I'll play it anyway, and if I have to abuse the meta, then I'll, I'll abuse the meta. <laughs> but... Are you going to stream and stuff, or what, what do you think? That is depending on if the game is good. Uh, okay. If I if I really enjoy FIFA 21, I will 100% stream it. Um, you know, I streamed last summer for a little bit, um, and I enjoyed it because I was enjoying what I was doing. If I have to play FIFA 21, I'm not sure that I really want to force myself to like it to have to stream it. If you kind of get that yeah because you'll have to kind of find enjoyment of it exactly as you stream yeah. it yeah which is what what happened to kurt i suppose at the end when he was doing yes yeah. 
Um, he, you could see he was he was not enjoying it, but he just kind of that was the only game he could play at that point. You know, that's how bad FIFA 20 was for him, and how much EA forced him to <laughs> basically to say that he liked Pez for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't do this. So yeah. You know, I'll be back for FIFA 21 if they unban him. That is. Yeah. Well, look, we I could I could sit here and talk for hours about FIFA and FIFA 21 and what's wrong with this one and what was wrong with 18, no, 18 and 19 and what's coming up. But uh, yeah, um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been really because I, I don't know about you, Marcus, but I had no idea really about trading. Like, I, yes. I lose coins consistently every single version of FIFA, so it's it's just been really Same, yeah. kind of interesting to see a, a completely different viewpoint of the yeah, game. Yeah, 100%. It's a whole other world, I think, for yeah. some players. Yeah. The, the, the trading scene for sure. So, where can yeah. fans, um, if fans are kind of interested in, in trading and stuff, where can they find you? Why can't they find me? Um, <laughs> uh, mainly on Twitter. That's my home, basically. I'm, you know, at Dunk. Um, I am now on Instagram as well. Uh, Dunkfoot, because Dunk was taken. They're my main two platforms. Obviously, I run a Patreon, which is more for people who really want to get in-depth on trading. That stuff's always tied to my Twitter anyway. Um, and then I, I'm on Twitch as well, um, at Foot Dunk, hopefully for a uh, FIFA 21 revival. Cool. Well, um, let's hopefully get... we get you back on yeah. when, when we reassess how the gameplay feels in 21 and then we can have another discussion then. <laughs> I want to see the, the the hashtag trending on Twitter in September. I want to see Foot Dunk is back trending. Oh, we can try. Thanks again. Really appreciate it, mate. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of the uh, the summer. And uh, yeah, see you back in FIFA 21. Thank you for listening to the Level Up podcast and esports and gaming show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at Level Up Pod. We'll be back for another episode very soon.